morning, Frontline family. So good to be online again with you today. Wherever you're watching from, we want to welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would experience Him in a way today that will uplift you and encourage you and enlighten you to a greater truth of who He is and His life-changing power. Our main aim through the service today is to lift up the wonderful and magnificent name of Jesus. And may our offerings to Him today be pleasing to Him. May it be a sweet-smelling aroma that brings glory to His name. And so I'd like to just invite you, wherever you're watching from, just to still yourself, just to cut yourself off from the busyness of this past week and all the pressures that may have come your way. And let's just spend this time adoring and focusing our attention on our Savior, our Creator, our amazing God. Church, we've had to do a bit of uh, fancy footwork this morning. Our power went out at the church, so we are doing church at home this morning. But we're not going to let the enemy stop us from giving God all the glory and lift up His name above everything today. Amen. And this word will not return void this morning. Amen. So wherever you are this morning, let's just pray together. Father God, we come to you in the mighty and beautiful name of Jesus. We want to come at this time and this service to you. As we come together today to celebrate your goodness, we pray that you would manifest yourself in such magnificence and such power that every need would be met and every heart that is in need of healing and restoration will be filled with your love and overcome by the joy of who you are. Help us to see the truth in your word today, Father, and let that truth change us so that we can be secure in our identity as the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Come and have your way in us today. Amen. And as I undertake to present your word of truth, Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips and the ears of those listening. Ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, church, it's so good to be with you this morning, and it's my privilege to bring you the word. And today we're going to carry on with the sermon series of Identity. I hadn't planned for the message on identity to become a series, but after last week's message, I received feedback from a number of different people of how much this revelation of the Father's love meant to them and started to bring certain or bring healing to certain life experiences that they've gone through. And it dawned on me, church, that the importance of this topic and what it means for our wholeness as Christians and to find our identity in the Father and not live spiritually as orphans is a topic that deserves more time and understanding so that we can really surface and deal with certain emotional pain or trauma that many of us have tried to bury very deep in our minds and, and forget about. Because it's God's heart that we would walk in wholeness and fullness of life. And so by the grace of God, we're going to unpack what it means to be transformed by the love of our Heavenly Father and walk in the inheritance as His children the children that He's predestined us to be. And I really pray that the Lord will guide me as we focus on this important truth today. This truth that establishes our very identity. So after this, this uh, service this past Sunday, someone sent me a private message on how much this word impacted them and was kind enough to share their story with me. How they never had an earthly father growing up and how difficult it was to relate to God the Father and feel loved and accepted as, as his child. 
Because there was no point of reference. There was no love and affirmation or foundation of what a, a father should be like. And there are probably many of you today that are in the same position or, or similar. You've either lost your dad to an early death or maybe to some type of disease. Some of you are at the stage of your life where your dad is still alive, but things just aren't the way that they used to be and may never be again because of some kind of fallout. Or maybe you lost your dad to something else. Maybe dysfunction took your dad out of the picture. Maybe divorce took your dad out of the picture. Maybe it was alcohol or, or drug abuse. Maybe your dad lost interest in you and your family and that erased him from the picture. And your life story is missing something. And as much as you try to fill that void or try to forget the past, it always has a way of, of finding its way and resurfacing through emotional pain or the inability to find stability in your relationships with other people. And what I want us to do through this word today, church, is to trust and believe that God is going to do something supernatural with your story. And that He's going to change the narrative of your story from one that may be fatherless or orphan, or perhaps even a story that is full of brokenness, to a story of restoration, wholeness, love and acceptance in the Father. Amen. Where we walk and live like the sons and daughters of a perfect Heavenly Father. Because even if you are listening to this message today, you're thinking, well, I don't know if this message is for me. You know, maybe this message is for somebody else. I don't know if I need to deal with this type of thing. I don't even know if I want to deal with this type of thing. One thing that we all have in common today, each and every single one of us listening to this message longs to have our Father's blessing in our lives. Yeah. It's hardwired inside of us. It is innate in every single one of us. We want our Father's blessing. I mean, church, can you remember when you were little kids? I don't know what the scenario was for you. But when my dad showed up at my athletics meetings or my rugby games, that would just take my effort level up by at least by 50%. I would always hear my dad shouting out my name when I put in a good tackle or when I was on my way to scoring a try or when I was on the last bend of the 400 meters and you hit the wall and you need encouragement. Yeah. And even when I became an adult, I, I carried on with my, my rugby career and my dad came to just about every single game. And I would listen out for his voice. And after the match, the first person I would go to for an opinion on my performance was my dad. I wanted his blessing. I wanted to know that he was pleased with my commitment and that he noticed that I gave my very best and left everything on the field. And that would be the case with many different areas of my life when it came to the relationship with my dad. And you see, it is the innate God-woven desire that is in every single one of us to have our Father's blessing. And by that, I mean our Father's approval, our Father's affection, our Father's participation in our life to know beyond a shadow of, of a doubt that my dad believes in me. And if you've got a dad like that, you know what? Praise God for it. Some of you have got the best dads in the world and you're smiling on the inside now because you're remembering all those moments when he encouraged you and when he affirmed you and he showed you his, his love and, and acceptance. And you were able to build on that, right? Because when your life is overshadowed by that idea that my dad believes in me, that becomes a foundation 
in the life of a boy or a girl. And a young man or a young woman can stand on that foundation and begin to build their lives. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be smooth sailing in life, but it is an essential component to life moving forward well. But when the blessing isn't there, when the approval isn't there, when the love and affection and participation is not there, whether, whether it was through death or divorce or disinterest or busyness or dysfunction on your father's part, there's always some form of hurt that, that follows that, that comes with that. When that's the case and the blessing is absent, there is a void in your life and you can either fake it and try and bury the pain or dysfunction it brings into your life, or you can face it and bring healing into your life and rewrite the ending of your story, as well as the, the sequel to your story in your children and your grandchildren's lives. You can either deal it or you can just continue to conceal it. And I'm inviting us today, I'm urging us today to face what is real in our lives because you can try and bury it a thousand kilometers below the surface. But you and I know that it always has a way of working right back up to the surface every single time we face the reality of life. You know, you can try and fake it by saying things like, I don't need my father's blessing. And I don't care what he thinks of me. Well, it doesn't matter if I don't ever see my father again. And the last thing I ever want to do is become like my father. And look, you may have good reason to say that about your earthly dad, but it's not going to get you and I to the place that God wants us to be in our lives, which is transformed, right? And living empowered under the blessing of a perfect Heavenly Father. Mm. Walking in that identity and knowing down deep in the fiber of our being that we are loved sons and loved daughters. That's who we are and that's how we need to live our lives. And you know, it's only by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we can overcome the impact of living in what is now being called the fatherless generation. Did you know that this, what this generation is being called is being called the fatherless generation? In South Africa alone, 60% of children grow up without a father. And if you have grown up in a home with a father present, you are the minority. You are two out of five children that have had that privilege. Jordan Peterson, who is one of the leading voices among millennials and Generation Z, that's our generation, that's what our generation is now called. He talks about the father's generation and what is required to actually grow up into the people that God created us to be. And he says that a lot of the uncertainty, a lack of a lot of the lack of confidence. A lot of the lack of self-identity and self-worth and a lot of the anger, a lot of the relational conflict that we're dealing with in our lives right now, and the emotional instability in our generation can be tied back to the void of not having your earthly father say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm here for you. I believe in you. A father that is by no means perfect but says, I'm going to show you the ropes the best I know how. And I'm going to provide a safety net under you so that you can soar in life. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? We're going to start all over again because you know what? You've got amazing potential and I am here for you. I'm here for you. 
Those four words mean more than you can imagine. And because we're living in what is called the fatherless generation, not many children who end up becoming parents themselves ever experience that type of support in their life, ever experience or hear those words. The void is real, the impact is real, the blessing is missing. But the good news today, church, is that we've been invited by the gospel into a relationship with a God who wants us to know Him as a heavenly Father. And all throughout history, God has had fatherhood on His heart. In the last book and chapter of the Old Testament, and after all that has been recorded from the beginning of creation to, to that point, it concludes with the prophet Malachi ending this part of history by declaring the coming Messiah. And it says in Malachi chapter 4, from verses 5 to 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And so what Malachi is saying is before the coming day of the Lord, God is going to send someone because the people of God need to be come back to the faith of their Heavenly Father. That's the first thing. But in this context of relationship with God, wanting to actually restore us to our relationship with Him, He also wants to restore us to our relationship with our fathers and our fathers in the relationships to us. And when you turn this 400 year page of history to the New Testament and you turn over to, to Luke's Gospel, Luke talks about the birth of John the Baptist who's going to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And this is what he says about John the Baptist in chapter 1 verse 17. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And yes, in context, it's to turn the disobedient to righteousness. But it's also to restore a relationship between God the Father and His people. And in that, to see the, the possibility of restoring relationships between earthly fathers and their children. And you see, church, God is out of time. And what was important then and relevant then is just as important now and relevant now. Matthew Henry's Bible commentary on this passage of Scripture says that John the Baptist's ministry was to turn the hearts of the fathers with the children and of the children with the fathers to God and to their duty. He shall call upon the young and old to repent. And be an instrument to revive and confirm love and unity among relations. And shall bring them closer and bind them faster to each other by bringing them and binding them all to their God. He shall prepare the way for the kingdom of heaven which will make all its faithful subjects as of one heart and one soul which will be a kingdom of love and will slay all enmities. Which means will slay all hatred. And you see, church, God's heart is that the family would be whole, that the family would be united. It was then, and it is now. Yeah. 
that there would be unity so that love will abound and destroy all evil and, and hatred. And you see, if God is primarily showing you that He wants you to know Him as Father, then the enemy is going to do everything he can to destroy fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are called the fatherless generation and it's not by accident. It's by the divine plan of hell because the enemy knows if he can crack up our concept of the father by breaking up our relationships with our earthly dads, then he can create a stumbling block that some people may never overcome in the relationship with Almighty God. And we see the fallout of that everywhere in our world today. And that's why we need the gospel. That's why we need a savior. And what the gospel promises us through the price that Jesus paid on the cross to give us access to the Father is that we don't have to live with our story as it is now. God is not going to leave you in the state that you're in with the collateral damage that has happened to to you because of your relationship with your earthly father. Or something else that may have happened in your life. Jesus is going to move you forward and transform your life into the fullness of, of what he planned for your life. He's going to break every curse. He's going to restore everything that has been stolen. And that includes things that may have been stolen from you because of your relationship with your earthly dad. Everybody listening to this today has the potential to live under the blessing of a perfect father. With his approval, with his love, his participation and belief in you. We see this promise in in Psalm chapter 27 and I I love the way the psalmist writes this because he puts it in kind of a worst case scenario. And he says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. In other words, I will not have written over my life abandoned or discarded or orphaned. Whether it's death or disease or dysfunction or divorce or disinterest, I will not have the story abandoned written over my name. Because there's someone else in the equation. And he's going to take me up as his own son, as his, as his own daughter. And he's going to let me know that there's the possibility of me living with his blessing in my life. No, I can't turn back the clock and and change what happened in the past, but I can walk in the blessing of a perfect Heavenly Father today. And I can experience what that means in my life and live that out of my life. And I know this is true because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is something I want to show you in the gospel of Matthew. I want you to see something powerful that that happened at the moment that Jesus died. And we find this in Matthew chapter 27. And we'll start reading from verse 45. And it says, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Now church, this is a picture of what creation did in the moment when Jesus was dying. Creation actually shrouded the cross in darkness because it was just too horrific to comprehend. But there's a parallel there. Because maybe some of you, because of what you've experienced in your life, a darkness has shrouded your life. And maybe you're living life and you're doing your thing 
and you've got friends and you're trying to make progress in life, but there's still this dark cloud that's hanging over you. And maybe that is connected to what's going on or what did go on between you and your earthly dad. But look at what happens in the darkness. In the midst of it all, verse 46 says, About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema Sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, right before Jesus finishes the work for paying for our sin, he experiences something he's never experienced before. He experiences being separated from his Father. Something from eternity past and through all the years that he's been on the earth, he has never known. And when he realizes that this is part of getting in our place on the cross, that this is part of the penalty of sin, he doesn't say, my father, my father. Now he's in our place and he's letting us see the gap between sinfulness and holiness. And he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In other words, why are you turning your back on me? Why are you walking away from me? And we know the answer because Scripture says Jesus became sin on our behalf. He became our sin on the cross and He bore the penalty of our sin on the cross, which means He experienced what, what we should have experienced, which was God not being able to have fellowship with us. That's why God forsook Jesus on the cross. Church, this is massive. This is where the gospel explodes into reality for us. Jesus was forsaken so that you and I would never be forsaken. And I cannot emphasize enough today the power and the magnificence and the stability and the assurance of the cross and what that promises us. Jesus took it all on Him. And He was even forsaken at these most vulnerable moments so that we would be reconciled to the Father and never be forsaken by Him. And if there is anything you can hold on to for the rest of your life, it's that truth. And that's why scripture says in Hebrews that God will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never forsake those who put their faith in Him. And what I really hope this will help you realize today is that the gospel story of Jesus is not just simply about getting you to heaven. It's really about getting you to a heavenly Father. That's what the gospel is about. And some of you have got the heaven part. You just haven't got the heavenly Father part yet. And that's okay because the Father is in the void with you and is waiting to bless you. So a couple of takeaways from today, church, and a couple of thoughts I want to leave you with. Firstly, I want you to understand and I want us all to get honest about this. That some of our earthly relationships might never get fixed. Nothing I can say today will guarantee that all your earthly relationships will get fixed on the earth. But what I can guarantee you is that you can get fixed by the power of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. You can change. Even if the relationship can't change, God can change you. And don't let the enemy tell you today that this is your story. That this is your life. That this is the way that you have to live the rest of your life. This is not the end. God is not through working in your life. Yeah, amen. 
And God has got the power to overcome whatever the enemy has brought into your life. And I don't know what has happened with your earthly dad, but there is a cross standing in the middle of this message today. And you know what it's telling you? God is not moving on without you. He's not leaving you behind. Because if you wanted to, you already would have. Instead, what happened, he allowed his son to be nailed to a cross so that you and I would know that he's not leaving you behind. Mm. And maybe today is just the first step of you saying, you know what, I'm going to face it. I've tried to bear it for 20 years, for, for 40 years of my life, but it's as much as the, at the surface today as it ever has been. And even if you're telling people, you know what, I don't care, I don't want to know my dad, I don't care if I ever talk to him again, I don't care that he's not part of my life, what you're really telling the world is that there is a void in your life. And what I want to assure you today is that your Heavenly Father is in that void with you. And I want to end this morning by reading a scripture and, and leave you with a blessing. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus has just been baptized by John the Baptist and it says in verses 16 to 17, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And you see what happens here at church is that God the Father, when He proclaims this over His Son, what He's doing is He's proclaiming before the whole world, Son, I'm giving you my blessing. I'm giving you my blessing. Jesus hadn't even started His ministry on the earth. He hadn't... He hadn't performed any of the miracles yet. He hadn't gone to the cross or even descended into the depths of the earth. He hadn't done any of the things that we now praise Him for. Yet His Father said to Him, I am well pleased with you, my son. And I am launching you into this mission with a blessing. Not in the hopes of being blessed if you do well. I'm sending you out blessed. And because of that assurance, we see Jesus not only teaching Father... But we see Jesus living and breathing for. So that his very last phrase on the cross is, Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And what Jesus shows us, church, through the, the miracle or the miraculous story of the gospel, is that the only way that you and I can have a relationship with truth and justice, how we have a relationship with omnipotence and omnipresence, how you have a relationship with eternity and sovereignty. How you have a relationship with Lordship and with all these attributes of God is when they are embodied in a person. When they are embodied in a Father. And God the Father is saying to you today, You are my son. You are my daughter. And I am well pleased with you. You don't have to prove anything to me. Because the same love that I, I have for my son Jesus, I have for you. And I have loved you the whole time. And I want you to know today that you are chosen. You are prized 
and you are loved. That you have been sought for and that you have been searched after and paid for and bought with a price. And there is no void too wide or, or void too deep that can separate you from the love of God. Yeah. So church, take that step today and come towards the God of the cross and believe that you are something special to Him. And that your identity is found in Him. And as you stand with us for worship today, wherever you are, just stand with us. And I want to read the blessing over your life that is found in Numbers chapter 6. And then we're going to sing that blessing together. Would you stand with me? This is what it says. If you could just raise your hands to heaven and receive the blessing from your Father this morning. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.